The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody all around the world and out there with us today live on a Wednesday in August or off in the future, whenever you're listening. We are so happy to have you as part of the Main Street Vegan Show. Great big show today, really jam-packed. Speaking of great big, we're going to be bringing on a bodybuilder in our guest segments, not just any bodybuilder, but Robert Cheek, the world's most lovable bodybuilder. Such a great guy. He has a brand new book. We're going to be talking with him later on. But right now, we are going to be speaking with Tim Barford. He is the show director of VegFest UK. Now, I've got to tell you, I don't think I would be a vegan if it were not for what happened in the UK way back in the 1940s, translated into the US by the good people of the American Vegan Society in the 1960s. And here we are today with this incredible worldwide movement. So I'm going to be actually going back to London, where I lived as a young lass, in September to be part of this wonderful event, VegFest UK, that's happening in London on September 28th and 29th, is it, Tim? 27th, 28th. 27th and 28th. I started to write that down when the Skype rang, and I have September Period. Okay, Saturday and Sunday, September 27 and 28th of 2014. And why should everybody be there besides you and me? Ah, oh, yeah, well, indeed, that's a great question. It's because it's such a lovely event full of so many lovely people 
with such a lovely ideal uh, and actually such a, a, a wonderful uh, presence. Uh, there's so many good things at VegFest. Uh, the, the best thing is the people. Uh, there's some amazing people. You, you, you and I both are going to be part of that, which is fantastic. Uh, and I hope many of our listeners all over the world would indeed be able to join us because uh, it's a particularly joyous occasion. Uh, but it's not just about the people. There's also some incredible food, uh, all of it vegan, of course, uh, and some amazing stalls. There's just so much product, uh, so many different uh, vegan uh, uh, products. Uh, there's food, there's body care, there's, there's fashion and accessories. Uh, there's a lot of information. There's T-shirts and merchandise. A uh, whole range of handmade goods, brands, big people, little people, lots of people, all sorts of people doing vegan stuff. But then there's also these talks. Whoa, we've got over 100 talks, uh, demos. We've got some fantastic guests. Some of the most inspirational people on the planet are coming to VegFest UK. Cool. Who, who are they? Oh, well, okay, let's start with... Let's start with you, Victoria. You're coming. Uh, you're a special guest. Victoria Moran is coming to VegFest UK September 27th, 28th. Uh, we've also got, I think, believe a good friend, Karen Ramsey, is coming. Karen Ramsey. Yes, yeah, she's been on the show. Great raw yeah, food yeah. expert and parenting yeah. expert. Oh, we're very happy. Karen came last year. She was such a big hit that we just had to have her back straight away. The answer was yes. Uh, we've got, of course, our own team. Like Karen Ridges, Tony Bishop Weston, Yvonne Bishop Weston, uh, they're all starring as well as our own our own backline, who are amazing. But then also we're welcoming Brendan Brazier, which is just fantastic. He's coming over from over the pond to join us. Uh, Patrick Baboumian, the world's strongest man, he's coming from Germany to join us. Well, Neil Robinson. The Can world's just... most vegan footballer. Ah, oh, cool. So, you know what? We've got so many people. I could. We've just got some amazing guests. Kate Magic, she's coming. Uh, no, I don't know Kate. Who's Kate Magic? Tell us Kate about Magic her. She's one of the first people to do the raw thing in the UK. She's Ooh. been raw, probably getting on 20 years now, raw vegan. She's brought up her three kids as raw. Her and her. Uh, she has a business partner. They created a most beautiful, independent uh, supplier of the most amazing selection of raw foods and uh, holistic foods and spiritual foods. And she's just a lovely, lovely person. She's one of so many people who represent all over the UK and now, of course, global. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So many people. We've got special people who are just – we're all special at heart. Yeah, I know. And I'm amazed at at how the raw movement has really caught on in England because you don't exactly have a tropical climate, but you have that wonderful Get Fresh magazine that I read every single issue. Love that magazine. And we're hoping to get Patrick Baboumian on the show. He is the world's strongest man. And I think for any vegan to know that right now in history, the strongest man on the planet eats plants. Of course, that shouldn't be such a surprise when we think that the strongest animals yeah. on the planet <laughs> eat plants. But that's, and we do have coming um, on the show on um, 
it would be the 24th, I believe, of September. I think that's the, the Wednesday. Uh, Fiona Oaks, who oh, beautiful. is... Fiona uh, is such a uh, high achiever. She's such an example for all of us. I love Fiona dearly. And so do many, many people all over the world. Uh, she is a massive example. She's just a huge, huge person. She's such a lovely person. She's such a humble person and such a such an inspiration. You know, yeah, she's and- just incredible. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't runner. know Fiona's yeah. reputation, she's a distance runner, an ultra marathoner. She holds the record as the fastest woman to do the uh, North Pole Marathon. And the fact that anybody would even go to the North Pole, much less go to the North Pole to run a marathon, is remarkable to me. And she does all this to draw attention to her animal sanctuary, her farmed animal sanctuary. So there is a method to the madness. I can hardly wait to meet her and see all of you. So tell us, uh, Tim, what's going on in general in the vegan vegetarian scene in the UK? It seems pretty hot. Uh, UK is very lucky right now. We have a fantastic feel-good factor amongst so many, many people in the UK now with the vegan thing. Uh, there's, there's, there's a level of, of unity and love and harmony working together amongst a massive, massive majority now. Uh, there's, a, there's a mutual respect between us. One, people now lucky enough to be, as it were, in the focus. Uh, there's a real feeling of respect and understanding of, of the people who brought us to this point, as it were, our ancestors and those that have come before us and those that have been holding this flame uh, and bearing it loud and clear as best they can since you mentioned us indeed uh, going back to Donald Watson in the 40s and indeed before that uh, people going right back to the vegetarian movement in the UK and the vegan movement Uh, the vegan movement, the vegetarian movement originally started as a vegan movement it only got changed in the mid-century low about 100 odd years, 150 years ago it got changed uh, we're, we're so close now because not only is there this massive feel-good factor amongst UK people about the vegan thing, but there's also a lot of big people involved now. There's mainstream like the BBC. The BBC is the British Broadcasting Corporation. They're currently showing films about the reduction of meat and dairy being so necessary for people's health, for the environment. Uh, the BBC radio is becoming very, very, very friendly towards the vegan message. They're very positive. Uh, people like Richard Branson, uh, who are uh, people who are investing. Richard Branson being a pioneer, uh, entrepreneur, I should say, very, very successful, multi-billionaire, investing in plant-based products. There's a huge swell of people coming out of the UK uh, the world heavyweight boxer David Hay now has been vegan a year. We've got some really important role models, uh, not only people like Fiona, but also people like David. As I mentioned, Neil Robinson, vegan footballer. Dean Howe currently also playing football at a high level on a vegan diet. Uh, so many so many examples. Patrick that we mentioned, uh, this amazing lady, uh, Pat Reeves, who's a, who's, a, who's a world champion powerlifter and also cancer survivor, very dynamic lady. Uh, just so many people and so much positive stuff. We've got the Vegan Society doing a Love Vegan campaign that's celebrating their 70th anniversary. We've got Viva doing their 
Go Vegan with Viva at VegFest campaign with us. <laughs> uh, we've got Animal Aid doing all this amazing stuff. The, their special guests at our Brighton show next year. And indeed, Fiona's Tower Hill Stables is special guest at our Bristol show next year. There's just so much going on. We're launching our VegFest Express next week, which is a 24-hour global vegan news website service. You know what? We've we just got it going on. Big dog Oh, stop. that's exciting. That, well, send, <laughs> send know, me the vegan. URL for that next uh, week, and we'll yeah. make an announcement so everybody can be getting their 24-hour vegan news straight from you to us. And thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Everybody that is in the UK, near the UK, or anybody who just wants to take a trip to arguably my favorite spot on the planet, that is September 27th and 28th at the London Olympia. And you can find out more information at london.vegfest.co.uk. Did I get all my dots right? london.vegfest.co.uk or just Google VegFest London. You know how to do this. Tim Barford, Alan Lee, everybody over there doing the VegFest, thank you so very much. I look forward to seeing you next month. And you, Victoria. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. It's my pleasure. And everybody else, stay with us. We are bringing on none other than Robert Cheek right after this. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? 
is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly? Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Bucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Main Street Vegan. I am your host, Victoria Moran. So happy to be with you today and happy to be introducing Robert Cheek coming up right here in a minute. But I have another announcement, too. If you were listening last week, you know that it is my goal to give away a membership, which includes a subscription membership to the American Vegan Society, subscription to American Vegan Magazine, to the first person who calls with a question for our guests today, and that would be Robert Cheek, author, runner, bodybuilder, all sorts of wonderful things. The number is 888-558-6489. Again, that's 888-558-6489. And win a membership in the American Vegan Society and a subscription to American Vegan Magazine. So get on the phone. Call us up. Talk to Robert Cheek. Who wouldn't want to talk to Robert Cheek? You know, I admire everyone in our movement, and there's some people I just like a lot. And this is one of those people. Robert is the founder and president of Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness. He writes books, gives lectures around the world, and maintains the popular website, veganbodybuilding.com. He is the best-selling author of the book, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness, The Complete Guide to Building Your Body on a Plant-Based Diet. He has a brand new book coming in October, and he can tell us about that. He's a two-time natural bodybuilding champion and is considered by Veg News Magazine among the most influential vegan athletes. He's also the brains behind my favorite Facebook page. Seriously, other than the private page for my own academy graduates, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness best address on Facebook. You've got to check it out and you'll find out more about Robert there. Hey, Robert. Hey, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. I know you've been really busy writing and running and lifting and moving from place to place. Where are you today? Yeah, I'm in uh, the Mile High City. I'm in Denver, Colorado today. 
Okay. Well, you you know, when I was telling you the showtime, it's like, well, Central and, and Pacific, because I knew you'd been in Austin and I knew you'd been in Portland. I left out Mountain Time because I didn't know you were going to be in Denver, but you figured it out. Yep, I am here. I know last time we chatted, I was calling to you from the Oregon coast. That's right. That was a year ago on the show. And I know we recently chatted on the phone and I was on some highway out in Wyoming, I think. (laughs) I remember uh, that highway. Yeah, you were helping me out with my new book. You were giving me some athletes. And, you know, I was just talking to the guys from England and they've got all their athletes over there. This is so becoming a worldwide movement. They have a ton of vegan athletes over there. And actually, they've had some of the vegan athletes uh, for really the longest time. I mean, back when I started in my website in 2002, uh, there were already a bunch of vegan athletes out in the UK. And we all kind of got to know each other through my website, through their websites. And uh, they've been at it for a, a very long time, really, to, to some degree, leading the way, I would say. Yeah. Well, I think they've, they've led the way in a lot of veganism. And, yeah. and now we're all leading. It's, it's just a cool thing. Well, I have to tell you something that I think has happened to me. I say I think because I don't understand the vernacular of, of this industry that isn't really where I come from. But through a friend a few years ago, I became affiliated uh, with a, a commercial agent, and I seem to have landed a print modeling job. And when I went in for it, I didn't even know that that was what it was. And they wanted, you know, a woman in my age group for a kind of health awareness thing. What I didn't know was I was supposed to have brought a swimming suit, but it worked out okay. And they wanted this shot from from behind and shoulders and back and all that kind of stuff. And all I could say doing this thing that I didn't even know was what I showed up for. Thank you, God, for Robert Cheek and his book and for the fact that that thanks to that plant-built team and the Facebook page, I am going to the gym like crazy. And today I got a call and they said, put this down for right of first refusal, which I'm not really sure if it means I have right of first refusal so I actually got the job or I'm very much in the running to get the job. I'm not sure. I'll let you know. But anyway, I'm at least close. And who would have ever thought? That, you know, you show up in New York City in middle age and miracles start happening. Well, that's the value of consistency with healthy living and exercise. And there's nothing more important. I say that in my first book and I really reiterate it in this new book. Is there, there's nothing more important than consistency. I mean, how do you how do you learn a new language? How do you learn a new skill? Uh, how do you become better at anything? How do you adapt? How do you improve? Uh, consistency is a prerequisite of, for all of those things. Yeah, that's, that's how you adapt to behavior and how your body adapts and how your mind adapts and anything that you're really trying to accomplish. So uh, that can never be never be understated or overlooked. That consistency is absolutely key. Yeah, well, I mean, it's thrilling. And I know that your story is that you came from being a scrawny kid and you became a bodybuilder and I was a fat kid and now I'm not anymore. Miracles happen through this way of life. It, it's it's pretty cool. So tell me how you see the relationship between being vegan, eating a vegan diet, and working out. Could you just do one or the other? Why is it so good to have both? Yeah, well, you can always do one or the other. You can have different passions in lots of different areas. But the thing is, they many things kind of compound on one another. They support one another. They help one another. So, for example, 
I often make the argument, if you're willing to work out like crazy, if you're someone who just who goes to the gym all the time, is determined and dedicated and driven and and makes all these extra efforts and time and money on all these different things, gym memberships, whatever it is, um, trainers doing extra laundry from all the sweaty clothes, whatever it is, but you're not willing to eat a healthy diet to support those efforts. That doesn't seem to make a lot of logical sense to me. And so what I like to do is just understand the relationship of how one of these attributes supports the other. So if you're willing to work really, really hard in exercise, it would behoove you to eat the highest quality nutrition, which is getting vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, glucose, protein, carbohydrates, fats from their original sources, which is plant-based whole foods. And so to me, that that is a really effective and strong approach. And likewise, it's fine to just eat really healthy food and go about your, your business, go about your own personal interests. But I think there's a lot to be said for, for exercise, not only because of the, the statement it makes for, for healthy veganism, but just because the, the health and um, the heart health and lung health and muscle and joint health and all these other just physical benefits and, and mental and emotional benefits of exercising, of movement, whether we're talking about bone strength to increase lung capacity, to just increase enjoyment, enjoyment from the, the given exercise. I think it's really important to incorporate both as often as you can. Well, being here in the vegan world, I know lots of vegan athletes like yourself. I know lots of vegan trainers. And yet out there in the bigger world, I think there's still a, this other message, you know, with the paleo and the super low carb and all that. Somebody posted on the uh, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness Facebook page something about a CrossFit gym and being told you just can't build any muscle without meat. I, how can these people still say that when they're looking at all this muscle. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, exactly. It's really just an old idea. And a lot of people cling to those. It's hard to accept something new. It's hard to uh, to change behavior after a lifetime of living a certain way or believing a certain methodology or, or an idea that's been ingrained in you over time. It's hard. In fact, there are a lot of people, even in the vegan athlete world, who will still think, um, there's a certain amount of protein that's that's required or excess protein is going to be better. Whereas there are a few areas of, of thought that would say, well, that could be counterproductive in the overall health arena. And this is why, um, you, you know, and various issues with um, with kidneys and liver and, and excess calories and excess, excess stored body fat and this and that. So we tend to hang on to these ideas. And that's the same as far as training methods as it is for nutrition plans, as it is for lifestyle. And so a lot of people either A, haven't been exposed to a lot of these plant-based athletes who are out there doing their thing. Maybe that information hasn't reached them yet, or they just don't want to believe it. Or they say, you know what, that's not something I'm interested in, or that seems too hard. So I'm just going to reject it. I, I was actually listening to a couple lectures from Dr. Doug Lyle um, who's just a brilliant psychologist. And he was explaining a lot of these these fear-based reasons why we don't adapt to something new, even if the information is presented to us. If we just, we, we decide to reject these things because part of us feels like we just can't do it. And because we can't do it, it makes us feel inferior to those who can. And so the best thing that we can do 
is to try to bring those people down to make ourselves feel better. And that's what mm. we get. I mean, this is just the psychology of it. And that's what we get in that area of the movement. And a lot of it is, believe it or not, a lot of it is an intimidation factor. I mean, how can this, how can these people possibly beat me in bodybuilding or weightlifting or running? And they don't eat any animal products at all. This is unheard of. This is, some people actually get a little bit embarrassed by that. They get intimidated by that. They're, they're, they're beside themselves. They think, how is this possible? I'm consuming all of this meat, all of this milk, all these eggs, and I've been told this is what builds quality muscle and will aid in performance. Yet, time and time again, these plant-based athletes are performing at a higher level. And, and people will have a hard time accepting that. And it's still relatively new. You know, we, I started my website only, what, 14 years ago or so. And it really just started to blossom in the last five years or so with the raised awareness from Forks Over Knives and these other projects, including your own and, and many others from our colleagues who have made it more mainstream. So I think that's part of the reason. Well, I see the great explosion. Well, I guess in a lot of places, I see it certainly in the culinary world. I mean, you can go to any restaurant and say vegan and they know what you mean. But in the the world of athletics, it just really seems to be just exploding. And I, I know that you're a, a large part of that. So what do you think is the best thing that a vegan athlete can do for the cause? The best thing I think anyone, anybody can do for any cause is to lead by positive example. If you're healthy, happy, and fit, that is the best solution, the best way to be as far as I'm concerned. I've always made that a goal, to be healthy, happy, and fit. Because when you have those attributes, you're, you're almost free from criticism. You, who goes out of their way to bring someone down who's, who's just tr- working really hard to set a positive example for the rest of society, who, who genuinely cares, who is truly compassionate, who works really hard and wholeheartedly believes in their mission and their vision, it's very hard to, to criticize that person in any type of adverse way because it just it doesn't make sense to do that. You would, you would just be kind of, uh, I don't know, a mean person to try to bring someone down who leads by such a positive example and who is actually totally transparent about it and, and, um, and very sincere. So that's what I always say, that lead by positive example set specific goals that you that you have that are important to you that you want to achieve and and work really hard and i think that effort will uh will inspire others and people will take notice and people will start to believe in themselves and and pursue their own passions as well i love that healthy happy and fit i just tweeted it that is, is such a tweetable quote yeah, so nice for- <laughs> so for anybody who, who's not familiar with, with your work, just give us kind of, of a rundown about how you got into bodybuilding and then how you've turned it into a business. You, you, you didn't just become a champion and stop and rest on your laurels. You keep growing into all these other things. I can hardly keep up. So catch us up. Yeah, well, I got into this back in the mid-90s. I grew up on a farm and my older sister, Tanya was really the catalyst who influenced me to adopt a plant-based diet, vegan lifestyle. And so I became vegan uh, and really, you know, an animal rights, um, ethical vegan from the get-go. I mean, I was a teenager protesting circuses and 
and protesting the clear cutting of old growth forests and giving high school presentations about animal rights and having discussions and filming videos and organizing Animal Rights Week at our high school, um, creating supportive programs like recycling programs in our community, um, uh, working with Food Not Bombs as a teenager and uh, serving plant-based vegan food to the community and uh, to the public in parks. Uh, I was doing a lot of stuff in the early days and it just really resonated with me. Uh, I just all of a sudden in the mid nineties went from growing up on a farm and raising animals for food in the 4-H program and, um, and eating lots of fast food and junk food to becoming a really compassionate vegan individual at age 15. And at the time it was actually quite funny. I was, I was barely over a hundred pounds at the time. And, but I had these aspirations of being an athlete being, or, or I was, I was an athlete at the time I was a runner, but I really wanted to be a pro wrestler or some sort of muscle guy, but it didn't really seem like it was in the cards for me. You know, I'm a hundred pound kid. I'm vegan on top of that in the mid nineties. No one knows about this lifestyle. It's in an agriculture town in Oregon. It's probably not going to work out, but I stuck with it. And sure enough, I gained about 75 pounds uh, over the years and put me at just about 200 pounds. And I started winning bodybuilding competitions and thought that was an interesting story. So I had a website, veganbodybuilding.com, and I decided to write a book after I'd competed about 10 times and got first twice and runner up four times. I figured there was a story to tell there and that maybe I could help inspire other people to believe in themselves and that they could do it too. So so here we are uh, working on more projects and continuing to travel and tour and talk to people like you and just trying to get that message out there where it wasn't available to me when I got into it before the internet was around. And now that we have the internet, I, I think it's a great, it's a great platform for us to share this important message. Yeah, it really is. Do you know Dr. Fred Bishi? I know of him. I've never met him. Yeah, he, he was on the show a few weeks ago. He reminds me of how you will be in 50 years because he started doing bodybuilding and fitness and all of that. I, I don't think he started out as particularly skinny kid. In fact, I think he might've been a little bit overweight, but he had dyslexia, but they didn't know at that time what that was. So basically people just said, you know, he couldn't read and, and there were things wrong with him. And so he wanted to make his mark in athletics and he found veganism and raw food and started doing this stuff like 50 years ago and and he's just this wonderful, radiant example. So when you come to New York, maybe we can uh, get you guys together. I think you'd have a lot in common, all except generation. <laughs> so we've we've just got a, a minute before we get a break. But uh, tell us just a little bit about what the new book does that the first book didn't. First, what's the title so we can look for it when October comes around? Yeah, thanks. The title is Shred It, Your Step-by-Step Guide to Burning Fat and Building Muscle on a Whole Food Plant-Based Diet. So, I love it. Shred it. Shred it. This one is, Victoria, most people, uh, almost everyone that we know wants to either burn fat or build muscle. (laughs) everybody, Everybody does. Everybody has one of those goals. Yet what I found is that most people don't know how to achieve them. People don't know how, when you ask them, so have you ever wanted to lose five or 10 pounds or whatever? Everyone raises their hand when I give lectures. And then when I ask people, uh, can you tell me how to effectively achieve this? Very few hands are raised, if any at all. People don't know how to burn fat. They don't know how many calories they're consuming on a regular basis. They don't know what their basal metabolic rate is. They have no idea how many calories they're burning each day based on their 
gender, age, height, weight, and activity level versus their caloric consumption and their their consumption versus expenditure ratio. And people people struggle. People struggle to burn fat to build muscle. And we also have a hard time with the consistency. Uh, you know, January 17th is the most common day that we give up on our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> we, give, we give it two and a half weeks and, and decide that it was too much effort and we'll try it again the next year. And so what this book really does is teaches people in a step-by-step way how to effectively burn fat, how to efficiently build muscle, and how to create a consistent program that will lead to accountability total transparency, and obviously uh, improvement and success. Wow, that's so exciting. I can hardly wait. But I don't have to wait too long to continue talking with Robert Cheek because right after these messages, we'll get to ask him more stuff if you want to join the conversation, 888-558-6489. Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source. Commit to values serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you. Music Speaks Louder Than Words Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back to the Main Street Vegan Show, 888-558-6489. You got to call me because if not, I'm going to have to give that membership in the American Vegan Society to somebody else. Are you a member, Robert Cheek? Oh, good question. Um, Okay, well, if not and nobody calls, you will be. Uh, We'll talk about that after. Uh, we were just talking about 
Well, you you may be a you know celebrity. That's how it always goes. The celebrities get everything, whether they're members or not. That's uh, the nature of it. But your new book, Shred It. I love this title. This is this is a real bestseller title. Shred It: Your Step by Step Guide to Burning Fat and Building Muscle on a Plant Based Diet. So tell us, give us a preview first. How do we burn fat? Yeah. It- Great question. And first of all, I think we have to do is understand the Harris-Benedict equation, or at least the basal metabolic rate. And what I mean by that is we need to find out how many calories we're burning each day, because it's different for me than than it is for you, than it is for Jeff in the office there, or it is for anybody else. Because it's, it's based on our gender, age, height, weight, and activity level. And the reason that's important is because it's going to be different for each of us if you sit at a desk all day, if you're very, very active in your community um, or it, it, with exercise in general in your job, you know, day to day, whatever the case is, and to be uh, totally aware of how many calories you're burning each day is important. And the reason why that is, is because many people will just assume that, uh, well, you know, I'm pretty active, um, so I'll probably eat about 2,800 calories a day, something like that, some, some sort of number. But based on these real metrics for that specific individual, maybe they need to be consuming, let's say, 2,200 calories a day in order to to reduce fat, drop weight. Yet every single day they're consuming more because they don't have a transparent awareness of what they're actually what their real target goal is in order to maintain weight. Likewise, same thing with bulking up. A lot of people will um, say, well, I'm, I'm eating I'm eating a ton and I'm exercising a lot. And I should be able to pack on all kinds of muscle, yet I haven't been able to gain a single pound. And when it's revealed, when this person documents what they're actually eating and compares it to their actual expenditure, oftentimes what we see is this person with all their enthusiasm is burning maybe 4,000 calories a day, yet in their bulking up efforts, they're only consuming maybe 3,200 calories a day. They've got a deficit of 800 calories. They're not going to be bulking up. So So when it comes to burning fat, first of all, understand the Harris-Benedict equation and your basal metabolic rate. And then realize there's specific fat-burning zone opportunities. For example, um, after eating a, a, a sandwich or something like that and going off to exercise, you're still going to be using those recently consumed carbohydrates, those glycogen stores, as fuel before you'll ever get into a fat-burning zone. Yet, if you were to wake up in the morning, empty stomach, first thing, and go exercise. It can be low intensity or it can be high intensity. I do a little bit of each. What, what you have there is you haven't consumed any, any sugary foods, any carbohydrate-rich rich foods for eight hours or so if you've been lucky to sleep that long. And so what your body will naturally do will, will call upon its fat stores to use as fuel so you can burn fat um, right away. I mean, of course, you'll be burning some, um, some carbohydrates too, but fat will be all of a sudden your primary fuel source. And so that is one really effective way. Another is how often do we see people at the gym drinking sugary drinks and and these types of things Um, during their workout? They're adding more calories, more sugar, more carbohydrates. Again, that's that's more carbohydrate fuel for us to burn through before we get into a fat burning zone. And then another reason is that we're often just not exercising long enough or at the um, at the intensity level that's going to burn enough calories during that duration to get into an effective fat burning zone. So we may go on the treadmill for half an hour or something like that. 
Um, but we're still burning through recently consumed carbohydrates and, and therefore we're still not getting into a fat burning zone. Yet if we were to up our intensity, let's say maybe do a bunch of sprint intervals, um, jump rope, rowing machine, use some weights, high intensity, very little rest, we can double our caloric expenditure and more quickly get into a fat burning zone. So well, I can already tell that when I get your book, I'm going to have to get a yellow marker with it because it's all broken down in a much more simple fashion uh, in, in the book in specific orders. Um, but it really sheds light on on how exactly we can do this, how exactly we get into a fat burning zone and which foods to eat and, and at what times and when to eat before exercise and, and the types oh. of foods. That is excellent. That is so, so cool. And we do have a caller. So, Robert, you know you're just going to have to check on that membership and see that you're up to date because it's going to be going to Bo, who is on the line right now. How are you, Bo? I am so pleased to be talking to you. Well, it's wonderful to hear you. Do you have a question for Robert? Well, I guess um, I would... I would just like to add that oxygen burns fat, and I was wondering if he was familiar with the weight loss program Body Flex, which for people that are older and maybe don't aren't uh, uh, capable of at a particular at, at a, their physical level not to. Uh, be engaged in heavy-duty um, physical exercise, you can gain a lot of um, assistance through breathing, just really deep breathing. I'm so excited about finding out more about his book as well. Thanks, Bo. Good question. Um, I don't know about body flex. Um, it's not something I'm super familiar with. I know my buddy and Victoria's buddy, Jean-Pierre, does a ton of personal training with a, an older audience. Um, he has 20 years experience working with geriatrics and that's kind of his, his specialty. And he does a lot of movement exercises and, I, and I'm pretty sure a lot of breathing exercises too, just to keep the body um, constantly moving in, in some low impact ways that are, that are going to be uh, easily facilitated by the individuals. And at the same time, helping maintain that bone strength and, um, and get heart rate moving a little bit and, and things of that nature. So um, I'm not I'm not specifically uh, familiar with the with the body flex, but it's uh, maybe it sounds like something I can look into. And um, and I'm sure those those questions, similar questions, will come up on on tour as as they often do. And so that'd be good to uh, to add to the collection. And I wonder if that's why, why yoga. Hmm? Well, about- not only yoga. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, what I hear him describing is aerobic exercise, and the word aerobic has to do with, you know, intensifying uh, oxi- with, with oxygen, you know, making, making oxygen, more oxygen in your bloodstream, um, which is what intense movement does. Um, so there, um, uh, it's an interesting concept, and I love... I love your show. I Thank love you. the name of this book, too. Shred It is, what a great name. What a great name. And I wondered if it's Shred It because uh, not only are you shredding weight, but I wondered if he shredded a lot of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, a lot of meaning, meanings. I just came up with it 
uh, months ago, just totally, I don't know, maybe randomly or in conversation or really on a speaking tour, just identifying what so many people are trying to do, which is um, which is to shred body fat and reveal more muscle definition and have more energy and and this type of thing. So it just it's just something that came to me and I decided I would I would roll with it and see if it stuck. And uh, and so far, I think we'll I think we'll keep it for, <laughs> for no, now. That's pre- I, I think it's inspired. Bo, thanks so much for your call. Stay on the line and give your full name, your email and your snail mail address to Jeff so that you will become a member in good standing for one year of the American Vegan Society, and you'll be getting American Vegan Magazine quarterly. And anybody else who wants to know the good work that they are doing, you can check them out at AmericanVegan.org. So thanks, Bo. Now, bless you. you. Thanks, Bo. Now, Robert, I have a personal question here. Sure. My husband has been working out a lot, and he's he's looking fabulous, and he's feeling good. He works out in a way that I've never heard of before. He does, like, lots of reps. I mean, we're talking, like, a 1,000 reps with a medicine ball and things like that. He hasn't died yet, and he does, as I say, look amazing. Have you ever heard of anything like that? <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know about a thousand reps, but um, you know, I do a couple hundred uh, push-ups and crunches every single day. I'm on, I think, 373 consecutive days, really, so averaging about 140 push-ups and 300 and something crunches. Just part of my my effort towards consistency and, and making sure I just do something every day. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for high repetition exercise, and I think it's great for a lot of people. I do a lot of high repetition exercise too, where maybe I'll even do 50 or a hundred reps in a given set for something like leg extensions for my quads. And if you think about it, even endurance training, if you're on a rowing machine or if you're even outside running, or if you're pedaling a bike, all of those could be considered repetitions. And that we're doing thousands of those at a time when you're, when you're running, cycling or rowing. And so it's just with weight, you're just adding a little bit more resistance than you would normally from your own body weight or your own body mechanics on a on a bike growing machine or just out there on a on a running path. So okay. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's too out of the ordinary. It's just that we don't associate we don't associate hundreds of reps with with weights, but we still do it with other resistance. With swimming is resistance. You know, anything is resistance that requires a, us to you know push harder to move forward. That is so interesting. And I see myself, every time he tells me how many of these things he's doing, I immediately get into this idea of, well, that's not what I've heard of. I've heard of 8 to 15 and three sets. And (laughs) so, okay, let us not judge and uh, be open to learning. So thank you for helping me learn something. So You've learned something, too, in recent years, I think, because when I read your first book, which I absolutely adored, you talked about what you used to eat back when you first got into bodybuilding. And I think you kept the Tofu Pup Company alive for a couple of years. Yeah. My sense is they're having to depend on some other people now, too, to sell the Tofu Pups. So tell us about your evolution. Yeah, they they certainly will have to rely on someone else. I yeah, I used to consume a lot of um, tofu hot dogs and such. I once had eighteen tofu hot dogs in a single day. Um, <laughs> sure, many days I had over a dozen. That was just part of the norm. Five thousand calories, um, three hundred grams of protein. Over the last couple of years, I've really adopted a whole food approach, 
a whole food plant-based diet. In fact, that's what this, in the subtitle of this book, is a whole food plant-based diet. And this has 75 whole food recipes in it, uh, which my first book had three recipes. Um, and they weren't whole food, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, it really all started working with Forks Over Knives. I, I worked in the Forks Over Knives office in Santa Monica for a few months. And I started going on tour with Dr. Campbell and Dr. Esselstyn. And all of a sudden, my my peers changed, you know, just my social group changed. And I was all of a sudden surrounded by all these academic leaders and doctors and world-renowned scientists and, and some of the top nutritionists in the world. And I was like, wow, this is some new information. And I'm going to go ahead and apply this and see what happens. And so I took the T. Colin Campbell plant-based nutrition certification course through Cornell University. And that changed my perspective on a lot of things. And so a couple of years ago, I started to just eat real food, fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, legumes, and, um, and I've enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, a lot less processed foods these days and, uh, no, for, no more eight, 18 tofu hot dogs in a day or even in a week or a month. <laughs> but you haven't lost any muscle. Well, I've, I have lost some, but I've also changed interest. I've been running recently. Uh, I set a course record in a uh, three-hour timed race a couple of years ago. I got first in my age group in a race back in July. And uh, so naturally, my interests have changed. And so I have lost some muscle, but that's – I wouldn't necessarily say it's because of the diet change. Um, it's because of the, uh, the lifestyle change. You know, I'm just not lifting heavy weights all the time, and I'm not eating the caloric intake to support that effort. I'm, I'm lifting occasionally and I'm running and I'm just trying to stay in fit, uh, just trying to stay fit, stay in shape on a regular basis. Well, that's a good question. What happens to a bodybuilder or a weightlifter when that person decides, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm not going to become a couch potato, but I'm not going to be doing what I've been doing. What happens to all that flesh? It's, well, more than the flesh, it's actually the mind that's the hard part. Um, I used to be 195 pounds winning bodybuilding competitions and, you know, my entire reputation, everything was based on this, this physique that I built. And then I got injured. And because I couldn't lift weights, I lost a lot of weight. I mean, I lost like 25 pounds. And then I started lifting weights again. And, uh, and I was getting really strong and I was putting weight right back on. I was up to, I don't know, maybe 185 pounds. And and then just a little bit too much enthusiasm in the gym. And uh, unfortunately, I had another injury. And I lost a ton of muscle and got down to a weight I hadn't been since I was a, a runner and you know as a teenager. And that was the tough thing. So I guess really to answer your question is, as soon as you stop lifting weights, which creates micro tears in muscle and allows muscle to rebuild and repair and grow and, and get bigger and stronger, as soon as you stop doing that, and, and when you reduce caloric intake as a result, because your appetite has gone down, you don't need all those excess calories because you're not working out, you, you will lose. You, you'll lose muscle mass. And it's a hard thing to deal with if you're if the mindset of a bodybuilder. It's, that's the tough part is the mental part of, wow, I used to be a lot different. And now I have to get used to being an, a, a new person and new identity and, and um and then when you do go back to lifting weights, it's like starting over, you know, using little weights again. And you have to just realize that uh, you are a beginner again and you don't have the strength you once had. And weights that used to be warm-up weights are now tough to lift because that adaptation from consistency over months or years has, has gone away for a while and you've got to start anew. And um, you can still build back up. And I've done that over and over again. 
as I either had a personal change of interest or an injury made me take a break. I've still been able to build back when I've wanted to. And um, it just takes a lot of extra, a lot of extra work to convince yourself that you still have something left to, to do. Well, thank you. That was, that was profound. I can see maybe your book after this one could be something like the spiritual art of bodybuilding. So just, you know, mull it over. Robert, I could talk to you all day. Our time is up, unfortunately. The new book is Shred It, coming in October. So go to Robert's website, veganbodybuilding.com, and be sure you get on his list and can order that book as soon as it's available. Also get to the Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness page on Facebook, which is really, really fun. We might both see you there. Robert, thank you so very much. All the best with the new book and all your endeavors. Everybody else, thanks for listening today. God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels. Live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind, Body, Spirit FM podcast network or wherever you find your podcasts.